If I move her, but the wire's still coming out. Uh, I think this is, I think it should work over here. Shall I move it? Let's go. Our God, He is alive. Three, five, one. There is beyond the azure blue, a God concealed from human sight. He tinted skies with heavenly hue and framed the world with His great might. There is a God, in Him we live, from dust our God, created man, He is our God, the great I Am. There was a long, long time ago, a God whose voice the prophets heard He is the God that we should know Who speaks from His inspired word There is a God He is alive In Him we live and we survive From dust our God Created man The great I am Our God who sun upon a tree
Wow. Wow. This is a uh, very, very uh, heavy. I got a heavy, but I can't. Amen. Amen. I might need to hold it. Amen. 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 We move. We move. Amen. Amen. Amen, guys. You guys fired up? Amen. Wow, that sounded great, guys. It sounded great. That team spirit right there. Amen. Guys, let's pray. Father God, good morning. Just so grateful to be alive, Father God. To be able to see your glory, Father. To be able to know, Father God, that services around the world are, uni- world are unified because of you. And just we want to pray for this time, Father. That the waters are stirred, Father. The waters are baptism, Father God. Just so grateful, Father God, for the miracles that you're doing today, Father. Through Paula, Father God. And I also want to pray, Father, that this stirs, stirs the waters, Father. It fires up a spark in our hearts to be hungry for fruit. And I really pray, Father God, you just take over the sermon, Father. I pray that you tell your people father god what they want what they need to hear just feed them what we need to hear father god just move me aside father god let the holy spirit speak father we love you so much we praise all your name amen, amen. amen. guys I'm, I'm just so grateful to be in such a fired up and diverse church right so great just to even hear the communion by the young prodigy ebenezer seeing seeing how fine he is with his words just even knowing that the Bible is refining a man of God right there. Future preacher right there. Thank you, Ebenezer, for sharing such a powerful communion right there. And of course, what can we say about Peter? I guess, I, I guess he's just like a walking Bible. Just, just so many nuggets, making it so relatable. Like when you stated about the bus, I was like, man, that's me too. I'm like, why not you? Why me? But honestly, bro, you spoke for the masses. You spoke for all of us, bro. And honestly, we want to give to God because of your convictions. Thank you so much, bro, for sharing what you shared. And guys, for those who don't know who I am, guys, I'm Joseph Perejo. I am, I, am, I am a full-time intern here in the Birmingham International Christian Church, aspiring to be the leader of the Leeds International Christian Church. Amen. And... Honestly, it's an honor preaching the word today. I don't deserve being up here. Honestly, God determined this. But again, guys, this, this is awesome being up here. Amen. Yeah. But I've lived in Birmingham for just over seven months now. Come on, bro. Right? Originally growing up in, 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 in London. Yes. Yes. In, in West London. Yes. Right? So I grew up there for 21 years of my life. Right? I'm, I'm a British Filipino. As, a, as Frank cleared up yes, like last week, I am a British Filipino. I have not eaten street food. So Frank is technically more Filipino than I am, amen. But, but, but growing up in West London for 21 years of my life, where this is, there's this joke about being posh for some reason. I have no idea why. I, I don't even sound anywhere near posh, but that works right there. But then I remember getting up early, <laughs> getting up early for school. For high, we, I called it high school, not secondary school. They're like, are you American? I'm like, no, I'm English. Right? So I got, I got up early, got my basketball, got my, uh, my school shoes. And uh, I know some people can relate when you play in your, your school shoes. Yeah. You, get, you get replacements for your shoes all the time because you keep getting holes and scrapes. You forgot your trainers. Right? But I moved out at the age of 19, which is a rarity for Asian families. You move out at around the age of 25 or maybe even later. Moving out at 19 was a miracle. Right? So I moved to North London. Yeah. Right, and it was great moving out. I moved a total of three times, and I quite enjoy the moving process. I, I quite enjoy it. I know some people don't enjoy the moving process as much as I do, Beatrice. I know she doesn't like the moving process as much, right there. She's getting there. She's getting there. Right, but honestly, it's it, it's so great to move out early because in the kingdom, as you know, I've been a disciple for three years. Moving out in the kingdom, you go fast. You you go twice the speeds. Right, which is which is great. And of course, despite not everyone likes moving, everyone likes a fresh start, yeah. right? But being in these households, I'll tell you a story. Being in these households, you learn a lot about one another. You know, you get to know each other very, very well. <laughs> I'll tell you that, right? So you know what time each person gets up. You know who's the lazy bunch right there. You, you, you discover a new muscle you never knew you had. It's called the muscle of patience. And even learning how to, like, even, even learning how long someone takes to get ready Ooh. to use the bathroom. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I, I can't even imagine what it'd be like in a sister's household. Oh. I can't even imagine. Oh. But, I mean, the sisters look great, amen. Gotta give them credit, amen. And the sisters say, and the sisters say, they 
There you go, sisters. Brothers, you got to be looking out to the sisters, right? They're looking, they're looking great. Right, but one thing's for sure. Despite what it is, so many memories are built. So many memories. you got the cleaning the rotor that comes every month. Right, you've got family times that sometimes never start on time. Right, and of course, the late night talks until 3 a.m. talking about your interests. Now, 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 I, now I know not everyone has moved into a household, but what's the principle? We all build great memories. Great memories. And it said that there are three main types of memories, right? One of them is called sensory memory. Sensory memory is anything that appears less than 0.5 seconds and the trail left behind from a sparkler, for example. So for example, if I'm flashing a sparkler, you say, whoa, that's sensory memory right there. You just saw the sparkle right there, right? Then it comes to short-term memory, which is another type of memory. It's part of our brains that holds information until we need to recall it, right? Like for example, folding a chair. Right, we're just folding the chair right here. That's short-term memory. The information is retained or it can be quickly dismissed or yeah. act as a precursor to a long-term memory. Yeah. So it's beginning with a long-term memory right there. So the third one is long-term memory. Yeah. Unlike short-term memories, long-term memory is recalling information from around five minutes ago to 20 years. Yeah. Which is stored in the part of the brain called the hippocampus for those yeah. science folks out there. I know, I know Leslie. Leslie, that looks hippocampus right there. But we, we've all had our fair share of memories, amen? Yeah. And for me, this week has been quite, quite the week yeah. of memories. Turn 22 this past Tuesday. Yeah. And uh, hit three years with the Lord. Yeah. Three years with the Lord. And amen to many more, to many more. But one thing I notice every year, I, I, I hope you guys can relate, is how Facebook has a function. Yeah. To remind you of memories. <laughs> Seven years ago, two years ago, I'm like, okay. <laughs> it makes you remember where you were a few years back. Yeah. Makes you remember some of the not so glorious days. Yeah. Some may say the BC days yeah. before Christ, amen. Yeah. Right, and of course, makes us remember the day we were born. I hope you guys haven't forgotten your birthday, amen. Because it does remind you of your birthday. It says, today is your birthday. I'm like, oh, really, is it? It is my birthday today. But wherever it is, it always makes you remember. And we all need that reminder sometimes. Just to sit back and remember where we were a few years ago and where we are now. To remember that, Steph, you have transformed. To remember the mamas, Mama Lillian, Mama Betty, Mama Georgia. For the love, the unconditional love that you continue to give despite your health challenges. We remember that. To remember the Morgans. You've come a long way seeing the former fellowship. I'm so inspired by what you guys have done. Hearing the stories is let alone just like, man, I wish I could, I could see it. I could see it. But just yet coming back to join the modern day movement. Yeah. And having been the hope for so many souls like myself. Yeah. Honestly. And to see Ireland being sent out in 2022 yeah. for a rematch. Yeah. Thank you so much for what you've done. And of course, to remember Beatrice, Christine, Lynette, Peter, Frank, and the whole Birmingham International Christian Church. That you've all come a long way. And that your perseverance, that your years of serving, each and every one of those years will all be worth it. And with this being said, guys, the title of the lesson today is Remember, Remember, Remember. Three simple points. Point number one, not temptation, but preparation. Point number two, Remember who you are. Yeah. Point number three, not self-centered, but God-centered. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter four. Bro, let's go. Matthew chapter four, guys. Matthew chapter four. We're going to get straight into it, guys. Let's go. Not temptation, but preparation. Let's go, bro. So as a church, we're studying the book of Matthew. And last week, I hope you haven't forgotten last week's uh, lesson right there. Because, of course, you want to remember, guys, like a memory. I hope you guys went over the notes as well for that. So my, my incredible father in the faith, Frank Simulani, preached a lesson on only God can judge me. Yes. And we were finding ourselves at the end of Jesus' first sermon. I don't 
like, of course, have that many points as Jesus did. He had 20 points right there. I don't have 20 points in the sermon today, right? But I hope you guys don't follow me. Amen. But his sermon goes through chapters 5 through 7. And what we'll be looking at today are the chapters that come just before the sermon itself. Where we find ourselves at the end of chapter 3. Just as John the Baptist was baptizing people for the forgiveness of sins, as stated in Mark chapter 1 verse 4 to 5, as sin separates you from God in order to be reconciled in a relationship with him, one needs to get baptized, right? So Jesus is baptized at the end of Matthew 3. No, 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 he hasn't sinned. He baptized to fulfill all righteousness as he wouldn't preach something he hasn't done himself. Which he then preaches to his disciples in Matthew 28 verse 80 to 20 to go and make disciples of all nations, not just black, white, or Asian all nations then baptize them for the forgiveness of sins which both Peter and Paul were both apostles who were better than me and you guys amen amen who preached the same message in Acts 2 and Acts 22 which was then lived out in the book of Acts which means the example that's the example we should go off of everything after the book of Acts is a corrective letter to bring the standard back to the book of Acts so we can't go by the letters for salvation as they're addressed to those who already did what Jesus commanded in Matthew 28 which means Faith alone does not save you. We are a Bible church, amen. We are silence where the Bible speaks, amen. I hope you guys are still with me in Matthew chapter 4. Again, we find ourselves after Jesus' baptism and we're reading from Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. It says this. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone then jesus answered him it is also written do not put the lord your god to the test again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor all this i will give you he said if you will bow down and worship me jesus said away from me satan For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. And the church says. So what do we notice as soon as Jesus is baptized? Right. What what, what do you notice? I hope you guys were reading along right there. He was strong in the Lord. Right. So he didn't need help. Avoided discipling from his father in heaven. He was strong enough that he even thought to miss some quiet times. And I hope you're not missing any quiet times with the Lord. Amen. That's what the Bible says, right? No! no. No. The scripture states, He was led by his thoughts and his emotions into the wilderness, led by fear fear of man to the wilderness, led by impurity into the wilderness, led by false doctrine into the wilderness. I hope you guys are reading your Bible. No, no, no. He was led by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. The correlating scripture in Mark says, He was sent at once by the Spirit. Meaning he obeyed immediately. He didn't have to go pray about it or to find ways to avoid it. He obeyed immediately. Despite the fact that it was in the wilderness. Wilderness means loneliness. It can be lonely sometimes following God. It can be. And I can't even imagine that the desert was, or the wilderness was an ideal location for Mm. to be alone. And he was led there to be tempted, fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. What's one thing we notice? Jesus was on his own. Yeah. You can be tempted a lot when you're on your own. Yeah. Especially when you think you're strong. Mm. We can often think we're tempted when we're weak. Mm. We literally think we're tempted only when we're weak. Mm. But it can, only, it, it can also be when we're strong. Yeah. As Jesus was already strong yeah. at this time. How so, you ask? Well, Jesus is already above, above Satan. Amen. Yeah. Yet right. Satan was tempting him with three things in particular. Yeah. Pride. Yeah. Physical needs and desires and power and possessions Mm. focusing on power and possessions it's stated in verse 8 to 9 it says this again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor all this i will give to you he said if you bow down and worship me but when jesus has authority over all kingdoms satan tempts him 
with political power. Yeah. And at that time, Jesus is actually stronger. Why? Because he's not carrying the cross yet. Mm. He's not carrying the cross yet. Mm. He's not weak. Yeah. He's strong. Yeah. He's not carrying the cross oh. of our sins. Mm. He's still strong. So despite the fact he was on an empty stomach, he was still strong. Wow. Even on. above Satan tempting him. Yeah. Even above when he was hungry. Mm. This scripture is a cross-reference to Deuteronomy chapter 8. If you'd like to turn the guys, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Hope you guys are reading your Bibles. Yeah. Cross-reference right here, Old Testament. This scripture is a cross-reference. We're going to read from verse 1 to 3 in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Just to build some context right here, the Israelites, the chosen people, just escaped from slavery in Egypt and wandered in the desert for 40 years before making it to the Jordan, which is right across from the land that God had promised them. 40, being the number of testing, was the same as Jesus. 40 days, 40 nights. And they, were, they, they went through the wilderness for 40 years. The Bible's consistent. Yeah. Here Moses is challenging this new generation to be different from their parents and to respond to God's grace with love and obedience. He wants them to be different because their ancestors, they were all in sin. And God was trying over and over and over and over again to reconcile his people back to him. But they wouldn't listen. So Moses, the man of God at that time, was preparing them with a speech in Deuteronomy chapter Come on, bro. And ironically, with today's lesson, the section of the scripture is entitled, Do Not Forget the Lord. Oh, remember, the title of the sermon is, Remember, Remember, Remember. Yeah. Right? Let's read from verse 1. It says this in verse 1. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commands he humbled you causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God so the focus on this scripture is in verse 2 it says, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness. Test you in order to know what was in your heart. Whether or not you would keep his commands. Again, a direct correlation to Matthew chapter 4. But what's the key point? God leads you in all, the whole way in temptation. He leads you. He leads you all the way, not halfway, not quarter away, all the way. Come on. The scripture then states, he humbled you, yeah. causing you to hunger, then feeding you with manna, which represents what? The word of God. As Jesus responded to Satan as well. God causes you to hunger for his word by allowing you to go through what you went through in your life. Even in your past, all the false teachings false churches, experiences, rolling on the floor, speaking in gibberish, even a lack of baptisms, lack of movement in other areas of your life. Also thou, or also though, we can get hungry for him. That's good, bro. Come on. He has to strip us of everything, humble us, make us lack fruit so that we can come back to him. So that we're actually hungry for it. You don't go to eat food when you're not hungry. Yeah, exactly. You go when you're hungry. Yeah. Same as fruit. There's fruit out there. Just like today. Paula is here to get baptized. Yeah. But what's powerful in the scripture as well is even before the Israelites were about to enter the land, Moses states the word remember. What does remember mean? In the Hebrew, zakar, which is one of the me- well, one of the meanings is to make a memorial, yeah. to make a remembrance. What are memorials used for? A reminder. Mm. And the thing about memorials is that they are always there 
to remind you. How did Jesus fight off temptation? Knowing scripture. Yes. No one likes the process of remembering. Yeah. No one. For, for those studying, whether it be for an exam, Come on, Leslie. or even a driving test you've been longing to go on. Yeah. Memorize it for ICCM. Come on, Josie. But again, memorization is not fun. It's not. It's not. I want to share a story about my life. Come on, bro. Share so, it. for me, I wanted to do acting from the age of around 11 to 13 years old to now 21. I studied performing arts in university. Come on. Um, and I had my first major role when I was in year eight. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, it was called, uh, I don't know if you all you know it, it's uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. I, was play, I played Sumo Crowborn right there. Mm. So, it was, a great, it was a great play. I was very young. Yeah. And it was a new experience. But, the, th- the thing is, like, having gone through all of that, through acting and so on and so forth, playing four major roles, performing in two major theatres, memorising scripts day in, day out, mm. I firmly believe God allowed me to have a passion for acting to exercise the muscle of memorization. Wow. Come on! Because I've always wondered, I was like, why did God make me in, like, do acting? Yeah. It's pointless. <laughs> it really is. You memorize a script to forget it. It doesn't make any sense. I'm, honestly, becoming a disciple has exposed me. I take more time to memorize scripts than to memorize scriptures. And you know the scriptures are the script of life. It's there eternally. It's there when I'm alive. It was there before my life. Yeah. It was there 2000. It was there even before creation even began. Yeah. This is the script of life. Yeah. Let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 5. Bro, Hebrews chapter 5. Memorizing scripture. This is a powerful, powerful concept right here. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. We all know this one. This is one of the first uh, scriptures we share in the Seeking God study. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 5. And we read in verse 11. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish goods from evil. I want to lift up Daniel. I think a little bit more praise for that. Daniel's cranky brother right there. The reason why I want to uplift Daniel was because being in his Bible studies, before he even got baptized, he understood the scripture of discipleship. When he said, when, when the scripture said, go make disciples, he brought like 10 guys. And even before he was baptized, he memorized the seeking God study and the word of God study. Before he was baptized. And God bless that fruit. He was, he was fruitful. Three times in seven months. Three times in seven months for knowing the scriptures. Wow. Daniel, Dan, Daniel's an example, and he's a team. Yeah. He dreams to lead the teens. He dreams. He saved his little brother. Now his brother's preaching the word. 13 years old. 13 years old. If you guys didn't know, the apostles were actually campus students. Yeah, exactly. Because it literally says in the Bible, only Peter and Jesus paid the temple tax. Exactly. Yeah. And were the, that was only for the people who are 20 and older. Mm-hmm. And of course, as we know, Peter was married as well. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Teenagers and campus students evangelize the world. Exactly. And I know there's a bunch of young people in here, amen? Yeah. But the scripture states, this is, this is a very key thing to notice here. It says... By constant use to have trained themselves. In order to remember scripture, 
we need to be constantly using them. Meaning, not just to memorize them, but continue to apply them to our lives. Because Jesus didn't just know them. He applied them. Satan knew the scriptures. We can memorize the first principles. Satan probably knows the first principles. That's why he tempts us in our 40 days. Exactly. Because he knows how to refute it. Yeah. But the thing is, you can know your scriptures, but are you living by it? Yeah. Disciples, we need to continue to deny ourselves to get up early. Who's, who, I know for myself, I know if I'm not getting up early, I know others aren't either. Because I struggle with getting up early. This is a principle, man. I'm no better than anybody else here. Struggle, man. Getting up, it's cold outside. I don't want to pray. I'm going to stay in my bed. Oh, man. But we need, to, we need to continue to seek God first. Seek first the kingdom. We preach it to other people. How much more so ourselves? Yes. And in Bible studies. I don't see near enough people in Bible studies, man. Mm. It's a struggle sometimes. I'm like, where's this brother? Where's this brother? Mm. Constant use. Yeah. Yeah. I challenge you guys. This year, we've got to go after knowing our Bibles. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it means asking one another for help. I'm going after this myself. Yeah. I take my own personal notes whenever I'm not leading the study. Mm. I watch the leader. Why? Because God allowed that person to lead that study. Yeah. And just because I've been a disciple for a certain number of years doesn't make me know more than anyone else. Yeah. I heard that first principles wasn't even a thing a few years ago. Yeah. We just watch. I just watch my leader. I'm inspired by people like Josh and Ebenezer. Yeah. Such... Young, young. I've never seen Levant so overwhelmed with studies. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm, blown, I'm blown away by the guys just trying to take the mantle. Yeah. Trying to take the mount, mantle, yeah. trying to apply these studies, man. <laughs> but again, we can all help each other. We can all help each other. We not only just need to know the scriptures, to know them and to overcome temptation, amen, but to able to convert someone yeah. not just someone but their heart yeah. not just relay information we need to get to a point where we can trust one another to lead someone personally all the way to the end of the first principles yeah. and for those visiting yeah, awesome. I challenge you guys get into a bible study with the one who invited you out yeah. and go after memorizing scripture it's the only thing that I'll, there's only three things that are lost when we pass God the word of God yeah. and the souls of man. Yeah. The word of God is the only thing worth memorizing. Yeah. You trying to memorize, okay, with cooking, great, amen. Cooking is great. <laughs> Frida's got great cooking, amen. But I'm just speaking for myself, trying to justify myself. I don't know, I don't know that many meals to cook. So I'm like, okay, it's okay. I won't remember it in a few years. But again, guys, we're not remembering them, not just useful for temptation. It's also for preparation. You guys still with me? Amen. Yeah. Point number two, Matthew chapter five. Point number two, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Matthew chapter five. So uh, uh, as we're in Matthew chapter five right here, after Jesus completed his 40 days of not temptation, but preparation, he went on to move from his hometown of Nazareth to Capernaum, about 20 miles north. He was not only willing to travel, but to move to another location, yeah. which was known to be one of the busiest cities at the time and where he went to preach the word. Like Jesus, we, we still got to be willing to move, mm. move cities, mm. move churches to the one preaching and living by the word of God. Mm. I know I love using that unique scripture, but Jesus did it himself. Yeah. He moved. Exactly. He moved to preach the word. And why did Jesus move? To start the movement of God. Started the movement. If you read, of course, it just, just of course, as it goes along in chapter four, verse from eighteen to twenty-five, he gave the vision to those whom he called to follow him. He gave the vision. Come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And in chapter five, gave his very first sermon, which is a direct correlation to Moses in the Old Testament. We had received the law on a mountain, and Jesus was preaching on a mountain. Come on. After going through the Red Sea. 
like Jesus was being baptized, correlation, also after escaping Egypt. Moses escaped, Jesus escaped. A direct correlation. Jesus is the new Moses. But this is a cool fact right here. As we know, the Bible says, it's alive and active. Dare we say, it represents today's movement. Why? Because last year was the year of vision. Just like in Matthew 4. Come follow me, I'll give you the vision. And I'll make you fishers of men. Then in Matthew 5, where we find ourselves right now. Jesus preaching on the mountain. And what's this year called? Mountain moving faith. Wow. Isn't the Bible alive and active? Oh my goodness. Isn't God awesome? Seeing the Bible come to life. Isn't that convicting? This is how you know we're in the very movement of God. Point number two, guys. I hope you're still with me. Remember who you are. And of course, here we find Jesus preaching on the Beatitudes. As that's how our attitude should be in God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. As he stated in Matthew 4.17, the kingdom of heaven has come near. So now he's... Here, laying out the requirements. Verse 13, we read. You are the salt of the earth. That's it. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Now, we've heard this scripture so many times. So many times. And we all know what salt was used for back in the day. It was used for paying a soldier to know their worth. What they're worth. That's where the word salary comes from. But what else is salt used for? Adding flavor. (laughs) Enhancing. You know, adding that little, of course, the favorite seasoning right there. Of course, for the fish and chips, for the British folks out there. (laughs) I love, man. Again, I grew up British Filipino, so I love my fish and chips right there. Of course, don't forget that vinegar. Love it. That's that's salt on the haddock. Right? And of course, I know some people love their salt and vinegar chips. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is basic, but it's salt and vinegar chips. Eh, I mean, I'm not a big fan, but I know some people do like it. I've, I've seen people like it, but it's okay. It's, it's still loved. Amen, amen. But even it's being said, and so the disciples were being called to be like salt in people's lives. However, what's interesting is what it says in the message version. If you lose your saltiness, How will people taste your godliness? Salt, when it loses its saltiness, becomes poisonous. But also in a sense, if the disciples were to lose their saltiness, stop sharing their faith, not being in Bible studies, missing quiet times, and missing meetings of the body, they will fall away and will go to other flavors of the world. What does this also mean? As disciples, you're easily replaceable. Bang. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Have to put it to you guys. No cap. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you're easily replaceable. God will still move with or without you. You just have to be thankful that you actually came to the kingdom. Right now, you may be the only taste of godliness someone in someone's life. You're made to add flavor, disciples. You're made to enhance. You're made to make an effect. If you're not constantly trying to do that, if you're not constantly changing people's lives, influencing, you're losing your flavor. You're losing your godliness. And according to Jesus, that's not the standard of God's kingdom. And anything below godliness, what's that? Satanic. Yeah. Anything below godliness. Disciples, we can't forget who we are. And what we are made to do. You are easily replaceable. But you're here for a reason. Those visiting, you're here for a reason. You're here to have a taste of the kingdom. As we know, the Bible says, taste and see and the Lord is good. The Lord is good. A taste of godliness. Been hurt in the world? Jesus says in God's kingdom, you'll be comforted. Verse 4. In verse 5, it also says, For look, you have no voice. Jesus says, you will inherit the entire earth. Join us. Those visiting, join us. In the kingdom, 
Jesus states disciples are built different. Yeah. You can say, wow, I'm built different. Yeah. Exactly. Just say that to yourselves. Yeah. I am built different. Oh, oh man. Say that I am built different. I am built different. Oh, wow. You're built different. But the thing is, though, if we don't look like those described in Matthew 5, then we're not built for his kingdom. Yes, he's preaching on the fulfillment of the law. And yes, we're not under the law anymore as Jesus died and the old covenant died with him. But it's the principles we ought to go by. It's the principles. He even addresses how we need to view sin. Go with me to verse 21. You guys still with me, right? Verse 21. Same chapter, chapter 5. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago. You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Verse 27. You have heard that it was said, you should not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Jesus says that even if you look Lust, just look, just look like you're looking at me. Just look, you're already been unfaithful. And even if you're just angry, just have a little temper at someone, it says you've already committed murder. I guess we're all murderers, yeah, as well as adulterers, because we've all done this, yeah, we've all done this. Our thoughts are hard to control, man. Yeah. They're hard. We always think, okay, it's about the heart. No, it's about the thoughts as well. Exactly. It is. The thoughts. It's so easy to criticize. Yeah. Rather than to be Christ-like. Come on. It's so easy. In order to remember who we are, we've got to deal with sin immediately. Immediately. Got to get open. Got to get open. Yes, there's self-control. But the Bible challenges us to have thought control. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, it says we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. It's not just self-control, it's thought control too. We've got to control our thoughts. And of course, the title of the point of course is, remember who we are, remember who you are. And who are we? Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Okay. Who are we? <laughs> Genesis chapter 1. Take it back old school, right? Let's go, bro. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to read verse 27 to 28. It says this. It says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female. Male and female. And that's it. That's it. He created them. Verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And the church says, We were made in God's image, man. And we were made to be fruitful and multiply. That's who we are. We're made to be fruitful and multiply. That's who we are. We got to remember who we are. Because when we forget who we are as disciples, let alone, we lose our saltiness, we lose our godliness, we become tasteless like the world. The world tastes of nothing. It's nothing. Taste of nothing. If you go back to Matthew chapter 5, this is a Bible study right here, guys. Matthew chapter 5. I want to touch upon a verse here in verse in verse 6 in chapter 5. This verse is, it will speak for itself. It says this in verse 6 of chapter 5 of Matthew. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. In other translations, justice, for they will be filled. 
It says, hunger and thirst for righteousness and justice. The world is trying to fight for this right now. Yeah. But how come it hasn't been solved? Because they're not using the right thing. Exactly. Woo! Exactly. Yeah. We had a Bible talk the other day entitled, History Repeats Itself. Yeah. It does. It honestly does. It honestly does. But in Ecclesiastes, it says, it, 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 even Solomon, he had everything. Yeah. But then history repeats itself. Yeah. There's people getting whatever they want and still don't feel fulfilled. Yeah. All these celebrities starting to become Christ followers. Yeah. Where did that come from? Is it because it's just a popular trend? <laughs> to wear a cross around your neck saying, I'm a Christian? Yeah. Let me see your life. Let me see your house. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Talk about it, bro. You can see our house. We don't have much. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have much. But thankful. Thankful. But again, the scripture says they will be filled. It's a promise. In the kingdom of God. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness, it says in Matthew chapter 6, you know this already, in seeking God's study, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things will be dealt with. All the world's problems will be solved. Yeah. It says all these things will be dealt with. Just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is found in the Bible. Not my righteousness, not yours, not anybody's. God doesn't care if I like blue cheese or don't. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't care. He doesn't believe I think the sky is purple. Bible. The Bible. Yeah. Righteousness is found here. Yeah. We have no right to define righteousness. The Bible says in Romans, no one is righteous. For no one seeks God. Yeah. No one is good. How can us make human beings define what good is? We have no standard for good. Verse 33. Chapter 5 has just so much in there. Man. Just, there's a lot. I hope you guys are being spiritually fed right now. Verse 33. Again you have heard that it was said to the people of ago, do not break your oath. But fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. Have you stuck to your oath, guys? Is Jesus really Lord? Have you stuck to your oath? I'm speaking to myself, guys, as well, man. Have we stuck to our oath? Or is Satan really Lord? Satanic worship isn't just worshipping the devil. It's outside anything of the Bible. Islam, satanic. Yeah. Buddhism, satanic. Yeah. Atheism, satanic. Yeah. Evolution, satanic. Yeah. Anything outside the very word of God, the God of the Bible, is satanic. Yeah. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, the God of this age, which is Satan, yeah. has blinded the minds of the unbelievers yeah. so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Come on. Yeah. Even going to a church Facts. that doesn't live out the scriptures, that's satanic. Wow. Yeah. I went to a Catholic church my whole life, yeah. 18 years. 18 years. And I did this. <laughs> Does that change my heart? No. Makes me good for 0.5 seconds, like sensory memory. Sensory memory, real quick. Sensory memory right there. Just quick, out of habit, out of habit. I just do it for habit. But it's not changing anything here. I ran away from the age, like at the age of around 14, 15, from my home. I read back to my old, well, when Twitter was popular at that time. I looked back at Twitter. I looked at my tweets. I was like, who was I? Honestly, I'm being real, guys. I know, amen, social media. But when you look back, when you remember where you were, yeah. like, who was I? If there's one of me like that, there's another one. Yeah. Exactly. The type of things I wrote, I wanted to kill myself, guys. I'm so grateful for the kingdom of God. You can't remember who you are. Remember who you are. Come on, bro. Come on, Joseph. I challenge you guys. I'm doing this too. Look at what Jesus addresses in the Sermon on the Mount and see if your life aligns with the requirements to qualify to be in his kingdom. Because at this point, when he preached it, the kingdom had not come yet. He was like, these are the requirements to get in. These are the requirements to live in God's kingdom. Because I have not come yet. Technically, we have no right to be in his kingdom. We're all sinners. We all deserve to go to hell. 
But I know for me, I got serious about remembering who I am when I started to find myself in Christ. You can't get serious, guys. We murder people, according to the scriptures, on a daily basis. We commit adultery on a daily basis. We've got to get serious about remembering who we are. We're made to bear fruit. Amen? Amen. Hope you guys didn't fall away on me. Amen? Amen, bro. All right, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Third and final point, not self-centered, but God-centered. Not self-centered, but God-centered. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to read here, verse 1 to 13. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets. When you get baptized, when people say come to the altar to get baptized, just for the looks of it, an altar call, a prayer for the sinners, just go into the altar, get your Holy Communion in Catholic Church, the Pope, where the Pope is above the Bible. Verse 2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have, no, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may result may, may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing. Uh, I was just thinking I was going to sit down right there. But... <laughs> amen, amen. We we'll read the scripture in context, amen. Yep, yep, exactly. Love to pray standing in the synagogues oh. and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you go pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. But when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. As we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was challenging both the religious leaders as well. He's challenging the religious leaders and those who just joined the movement. He's giving them the standard, but also challenging them. Simmering out any religiosity. And what better people to address than us disciples? Because we can get religious. The term hypocrite. As stated in verse 5, describes people who do good acts for appearance only. Not only out of compassion or other good motives. They say all the right words in Jesus' name. Honestly. Amen. I'm being, guys, I'm being, de- I'm being for real. Again, this, he's, preaching to re- he's preaching the religiosity out of people. We can get religious with that. We got to urge it out of ourselves as well. It's exposed. When people say it, we're like, oh, snap. They're religious. These empty acts are the only reward. But God will only reward those who are sincere and genuine to the faith. Hypocrites means actor in the Greek. Partially committed. Again, I want to share a story by myself. Again, doing acting for nine months. It's easy to get into a role. Easy. Easy to put on a mask. Mm-hmm. Easy. Now everyone become, can become actors because everybody has a face mask. No one needs to show how they're really feeling. Yeah. God's just exposing. Oh, Literally, God's just exposing what we really look like. Yeah. Just with something physical. Yeah. When we take off the mask, we show, we show how we really feel. That's why those without masks can see your face. Yeah. Of course, amen, social distancing, COVID. But God determines things for a reason. Yeah. He allows us to, 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 to be in a certain scenario for a reason. I lied for nine months to my disciple. I deceived him. Even to fall on myself out. I deceived him. I was like, man, he was like, hey, do you have a quiet time? I was like, yep, didn't have one. 
I lied to him. I lied to him, saying that I had a quiet time. I lied to him. I'm doing schoolwork. I, w- I was just playing games until 5 a.m. in the morning. That was my life as a disciple. As a disciple. Come on, bro. As a disciple. Yeah. I lied. I even tried to keep all the friends I had in the world. I tried to. But you can't impress everybody. Yeah, you can't. You can't. It's easy to do what's right when we gain recognition and praise. It's easy. Easy to do what's right. To be sure our motives are not selfish, we need to do our good deeds in silence. With no thought of reward. Our acts should not be self-centered, but God-centered. It's done to make God look good, not us. The reward God promises is not material. Everything's going to get destroyed anyway. And is never given to those who seek it. Doing something inly for ourselves is not loving sacrifice. I love what it says in the message version. Same thing. It says in the message version, the world is not a stage. It says this in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 6 in the message version. Be especially careful when you are trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding. When you do something for someone else, don't call attention to yourself. You've seen them in action. I'm sure play actors, I call them, treating them, treating prayer meeting and street corner alike as a stage. Acting compassionate as long as someone is watching. Playing to the crowds. They get applause. True. But that's all they get. When you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it. Quietly, unobtrusively. That is the way your God, who conceived you in love, working behind the scenes, helps you out. Pray with simplicity. Verse 5. And when you come before God, don't turn into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for 15 minutes of fame. Do you think God sits in a box seat? This is the message version, guys. This is the Bible. This is not, this is not me. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques, for you forgetting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. That's the Bible for you. It's the Bible for you. And again, if I were to use myself as an example again, I used to pray at 10,000 miles per hour. <laughs> Beatrice is the only one who could contest it. She saw. When we were in London, when we were in London, I would pray so fast because I want, I want to get off the stage quick. I was like, we just pray energetic, fast. I was like, Father God, literally. That was my first year of discipleship. I was so insecure because I was so concerned. And again, as I said, I'd see people. I didn't have quiet time, so I wasn't secure in the Lord. So when I got exposed in front of people, I tried to put on a show. That's why growth happened in 2020. Because guess what I chose to do? I chose to be genuine. Honestly, be genuine. It works. If you're tanking, amen. Tank in the Lord. If you're struggling, amen. Struggle in the Lord. Honestly. If you're thriving, amen. Thrive in the Lord. Honestly, at least you have a relationship with Him. If you're wrestling, amen, at least you're wrestling with God. Not with the world. You've got God. You've got, do you guys realize you have the best problems? Yeah, you should do. We actually have the best problems. Yeah. Because the worst thing in the kingdom is a rebuke, yeah. which is still done out of love anyway. Yeah. So we're always filled with love. We don't know how good we got it. We actually got love. We're loved. Because you know, not being genuine, lies. Do you know what they did? They sent Jesus to the cross. 
He was sent to the cross by half-truths. So lies took him to the cross. When we lie as a disciple, we can all be susceptible to lying. Oh, I've got too much work to do. Can't be in the Bible study. Oh, I can't share my faith. So easy. Again, guys, I'm preaching from a place of humility. I, I, I do this all the time. I don't always want to share my faith. No matter how easy it is. It's literally just a tap on the phone, copy and paste. I've got to be genuine. Hebrews chapter 4. Bring it for closer. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Remember, remember, remember. Hebrews chapter 4. We all know this one. Verse 12 to 13 in Hebrews chapter 4. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is laid bare and uncovered before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. We, can't, we can lie to people, but we cannot lie to God. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta be genuine, guys. Got to be real. If the Bible says you're not saved, go by the Bible. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you look embarrassed for a few seconds. Mm, exactly. That's the grace of God. Yeah. The fact that you're still standing today, that's the grace of God. Yeah. Grace means undes- we don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. So you're not saved by grace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just chose. Yeah. Because we don't deserve it. We deserve to go to hell. Exactly. You but you being here today is an is a, is a, is act of grace. Yeah. That Jesus allowed you to be here today. He protected you. Do you know there's millions of ways to die? Yeah. Two people die every second. Yeah. Do you know this sermon's probably gone for quite a while and a lot of people have died? Yeah. We're so numb to death that we don't even realize it. Yeah. But again, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. The challenge is simple for this. Be genuine. Be real. Be real. We can confess our sins to you all day. You come to the right place. You come to the right place. In closing, Nehemiah chapter 9. Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 9. Amen. Alright, so it says this in verse 16 and 17. But they, our ancestors, became arrogant and stiff-necked, and they did not obey your commands. They refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. They became stiff-necked and in their rebellion appointed a leader in order to return them to slavery. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Therefore, you did not desert them. This scripture is powerful. It says they refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. This was the Israelites. They, they, they forgot. They forgot all that God did for them. When we forget what God did in our lives, when we don't remember, 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 we become stiff-necked and arrogant. And then in that, we then appoint a leader to lead us back to slavery. Wow. Wow. We give authority over. The authority that Jesus gave us to share our faith and all that sort of stuff, we give it. We give it away. Wow. Give it all away. As she says in the scripture, they became stiff-necked and in their rebellion appointed leader in order to return them back to slavery. Yeah. Everyone wants to be free. Yeah. But the Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32, it's not enough to believe. You've got to hold onto his teachings. Yeah. Then you're his disciple. Then you will know the truth and then you'll be set free. Everyone wants to be free. But just no one knows they're bondaged. Everyone's bondaged to sin. Every single person is. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned. You don't know until you look into the Bible. The Bible is described as a mirror. It will tell you if you're bondaged to sin. Guys, church, family, don't fail to remember. Remember, remember, remember. Remember scripture. Remember who you are. And remember, it's all about God. I love you and to God be all the glory. How long was that? Please all stand. The thing that will tell you. Oh yeah.
Is it, is it, Stand and all. Is it okay? Two, oh, one, three. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Stand and all. Stand and all. God raising up preachers. Hey! Very encouraging. Oh, no, no, I was recording during the songs. Oh, so probably 50 minutes. Are you ready? Stand in awe. Your power and your glory. Stand in awe. With trembling and fear. 